Podcast by Committee is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And uh, I know we say this every show, every time we do the GameTime read, but, uh, you know, it's not just sports. A lot of other stuff you can get on GameTime, some music stuff, some theater stuff if you're into it. Uh, so, you know, check them out. Look. They support the show. We should support them. So it's not like you got to go out and buy tickets out of nowhere. But if you're going to buy your tickets, check out the GameTime app. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to Podcast by Committee. It's crunch time. It's playoffs. Beller's back. Yeah, what's up, Nando? Happy to be back. Happy to be here for Week 14 show. I've got a couple big playoff matchups myself. I did not do so well in my industry leagues, but uh, the two leagues I care about the most, uh, Home League and then one that's like half of the same people in the Home League and half other friends we've picked up along the way in the playoffs in both of those playing uh, in the first round. Uh, so, uh, So I'm excited too, man. I'm ready to get this going. Tell you what, man, I had the crappiest season of my fantasy football life <laughs> this year. I think we've talked about that. We don't have to dwell on that anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was just from from all the way up and down, start to finish, probably the worst season I've ever had. Hey, man, they can't all be good, right? You know what it is, man? Like, my best balls are fine. So I think I did a fine draft just in season. Can't do 12 teams. Yeah. I got to limit. I'm capping it at three. Yeah, right. I don't care. Yeah. I feel like people, this is not, not to be woe is us, but I feel like people assume that we can't help but be great in all of our fantasy leagues, but because of all of our other fantasy duties that pay the bills, literally, right? It's like we can we can lose some of those things that uh, other people are able to really grind out week in yeah. and week out. It's hard for us to uh, fully keep track of everything when we're also doing things like this, like taping podcasts by committee twice a week. We'll tell you what, like, so I'm, I'm, so I made the playoffs in one league. One out of my 12, I made the playoffs. Ooh, that's actually um, kind of bad. It was really, dude, I'm telling you, it was, it was really, I mean, it didn't help that I had Antonio Brown on basically every team. Yeah. Like, so what also hurts is all the teams, I tried to keep them almost the same just to keep mm-hmm. my sanity. And, right. you know, if something happens, you know, uh, so I had Antonio Brown, I had OJ Howard on all my teams. So it's partially my fault. That's a but, bad uh, basket to put all the eggs in. I know, I know. <laughs> but at the time it was brilliant. Um, so, so the whole point is like, I just had too many teams to manage. And I got to the point where like my in-season stuff was just, you know, I saw someone once say, like, these experts are in 12 leagues and they win one and they brag about it. And, like, I understand that angle. Mm-hmm. Like, although I've never bragged about it. But, like, <laughs> we're in 12 leagues. And like you said, it's just too, they're too many, man. Like, it's yeah. too many to keep up with. And it's hard to say no to a lot of them. Right. Because, you know, you're like, you don't want to be a dick, right? <laughs> like, oh, so I'm not going to do your league. Spread you're beneath me. Spread too thin. That's it. And that's the problem. And so, like, Tuesday nights, I'm editing until, like, 1 a.m. sometimes. Yeah. And I just, I like, I get my... No, like waivers are run. I'm like, oh crap. Yeah, I did again. <laughs> yeah, and plus, you know, I got him on my fantasy league. I got him on Yahoo. I got him on CBS. I got him all over the place. And anyway, enough. Let's get into this. Let's the do point it. is, the one league that I made the playoffs in, it's like the most refreshing thing in the world because I'm psycho about this league again, yeah. and I'm looking so deep at every like the matchups and like even these like I'm digging through Sport Radar and like looking at historical things and like I'm ready. Like that one league, I'm gonna win. I know it because I'm like paying super attention to it. I hope you do, man. I'll be pulling for you. Thanks, Bill. I'll pull for you too. Let's Thanks, pull for man. everyone listening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
on today's show, we're going to talk about who this year's Derrick Henry is. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's, there's some random play- – I don't know. My reputation might precede me, but I love these random players. Uh, don't know if I'm going to pick them up and start them, but I just love talking about them. Um, we got a new offensive coordinator in Carolina, which I think is going totally unnoticed. No one's talking about it at all. Mm-hmm. I don't even think people realize North Turner's gone because all these stories about Ron Rivera being the greatest human ever – no one's like, oh, you know, also, North Turner's been fired. Right. Uh, we got a kicker who you should keep an eye on because he's hurt. Uh, some weird stuff going on in Cincinnati, Baker Mayfield, and then a very important note on the Tampa Bay backfield. So let's start with this year's Derrick Henry, Beller. Let's do it. Or I guess this year's Derrick Henry or Damian Williams, we could say. Okay. Yeah, either one. That works for me. I think making the distinction between the two is maybe somewhat important. Like Derrick Henry, a lot of yards, bell cow. Damian Williams, actually, you look back, he had a couple games where he didn't score, uh, didn't have a lot of yards, but scored a lot of touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, So these are the three that I thought might fit the bill. Uh, David Montgomery and Miles Sanders as kind of like those guys who should have bulk and should be awesome and should have a late season run. And then I thought Todd Gurley was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I totally understand it. All right. Well, I like, you know, I mean, I've been beating the drum for Miles Sanders really all season, and part of it has been based on what I thought he was going to do in the second half of the season. Uh, We know what Philly is uh, pretty much every year under Doug Peterson, so we knew that it wasn't going to be Miles Sanders was going to uh, just be this guy wire to wire who carried your fantasy team, but always felt like as the season wore on, his his role was going to get more and more important and larger for Philadelphia. And that has borne out. Part of that has been because of the uh, Jordan Howard shoulder injury that has knocked him out of a couple of games. But we saw on full display last week what uh, Miles Sanders can do with a bell cow roll. 17 carries, 83 yards, five catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. That's the sort of guy that Miles Sanders can be week in, week out, I believe, if he has a 18-plus touch roll every single week. So he's going to be my guy here. Um, I do like the remaining schedule that he has. Get the Giants this week at Washington next week and then home for the Cowboys in week 16. Uh, certainly none of those defense make, make you run for the hills. Um, I think you feel very good about both the Giants and Washington matchups. So I think Miles Sanders could be someone who carries you to your championship game Uh, You know, Dallas is a paper tiger, right? I mean, this is not a team that really is going to scare anyone. Uh, This is a very mediocre division, and Philly gets these three division games to end the fantasy football season. Uh, So I do think that uh, we're going to see a big run out of Miles Sanders over these next three weeks. I would not be surprised if a lot of us who have Miles Sanders are toasting him on New Year's Eve for carrying us to our fantasy championships. He's my favorite, not only of the three you mentioned, but really looking across the fantasy spectrum at guys who could be a Derrick Henry. Right. I mean, Derrick Henry is going to be great this season, but we already know that Derrick Henry is the RB three in fantasy right now. If we're looking in that you know RB two range for someone who's going to play like a top five running back the end of the rest of the way, I'll take Miles Sanders confidently. By the way, I'm drooling. So I took a sneak peek at uh, at the questions you asked all the beat writers this week, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the same question for everybody. Like who's going to be the fantasy guy in these next few weeks? And I saw Jeff Zrebiak, greatest guy in the world, first one to fill it out was Mark Ingram. And he, he, he like he couched it. He knows fantasy, so he's not like, oh, here's this guy you've never heard of. <laughs> but, but I mean, I think there's some value in like Mark Ingram, maybe on some stacked teams that are in the playoffs. I don't know if he's a. I don't know if you consider benching him ever, but you maybe have great options. But Mark Ingram could be a, a league winner for you if you have him. I mean, there's no advice we can give you on him. But like Derrick Henry, you know, like this this guy who I always thought of as like a huge stud in college, Heisman kind of stuff, and uh, you know, finally found his stride. Later in his career, you know, quote unquote, later in his career, um, 
and now could you know just rattle off a series of big big games to end the season yeah, I mean, I was in on Mark Ingram in a big way, um, really all draft season. I have him on one of those two teams um, that uh, I'm very, I'm feeling good about, and I'm excited about going into the playoffs. Uh, I always thought he never really got his due in New Orleans until what was that two years ago when he and Mark uh, or where he and Alvin Kamara were both like top six running backs in fantasy. They both had monster seasons yeah. alongside one another. Uh, I loved him last year. I loved him coming into this year. Uh, we know what running quarterbacks do to open up holes and open up opportunities for their running back teammates, and, and that's certainly been true for Mark Ingram with Lamar Jackson as Baltimore's quarterback. Uh, I agree. I think that he's going to be another guy who um, who ends up having a, a very strong fantasy playoff run, and I think that Jeff's point about him obviously not being someone who comes out of nowhere uh, but being someone who is going to lead teams to fantasy championships is still well taken you're not trading for Mark Ingram you're not picking up Mark Ingram but if you have Mark Ingram you should feel very good about him being someone uh, who's going to carry you over the next couple of weeks Um, I know at this point everyone kind of knows how much you hate the Bears so I'm not surprised (laughs) you didn't say David Montgomery but I mean Right, like Mike Davis is gone from there. Isn't oh, there yeah. like some? Isn't there a case to be made that like that's just his backfield and his show? I don't even think it's a case to be made. I just think that's the fact. We actually talked about him on the ranking show uh, yesterday, so uh, check that out. Me, Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston, every single Wednesday coming at you on the ranking show, and we talked about David Montgomery. He was one of the running backs that we featured. Uh, Brandon and Jake were actually pretty divergent in their opinions of David Montgomery for this week's matchup Thursday night. So hopefully you're listening to this before this game uh, has already happened between the Bears and the Cowboys. And Jake was much higher. Jake had him in the very high-end RB2 range. And his point was, you know, uh, he maybe needs a touchdown to have a big game, but that you can bet on the touches. And the touches are there for David Montgomery every single week. You may not love the offensive environment, but there's no question about it. I mean, David Montgomery is one of the few guys in the league who we know is going to get those 18 touches every single week. I mean, the Bears are feeding him on the ground. He's really the only guy who has any sort of meaningful rushing role on the team. And they still get him plenty of looks in the passing game, even with Allen Robinson having the season he's having and the understanding that Tariq Cohen has to make his uh, impacts in the passing game. They're still getting David Montgomery a handful of targets per game. Really one of the only backs who can say that he doesn't have the ceiling of those other workhorse backs, but it's still a very solid floor. So I I worry a little bit about the uh, Bears efficacy to stay in games over the next couple of weeks uh, they get dallas this week uh then they've got both divisions you just matches. called dallas paper champs come on yeah, man. well but uh, but i'm i wouldn't be surprised if so i'm not worried about the dallas game I, I think that the dallas game is going to be one that the bears could could actually win at home uh but then they've got uh green bay next week and then kansas city in week 16 and i think those are games that uh, could get away from the bears where i wouldn't be surprised if that were the case so uh, i do think that uh, that's where you get a little bit concerned about montgomery but the touches are going to be there but that's i mean that's what that's what we need i think and when you're looking for this year's derrick henry is the touches that, that right, exact sense right, right. the touches are going to be there and all it takes is you know break off a 60 yard run and all of a sudden you have a 170 yard game you know yeah I mean, that's what, that's what Henry did last year. He had so many of those big plays, right? I mean, that's at, the, it. at the end of the season. I mean, he was still doing it. It wasn't like he was just living off of big plays. But if you get one big play and then 14 solid plays, you're going to have yourself a, a very strong fantasy day. I just worry about, you know, I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, I live in Chicago and people are getting so excited about uh, the Bears sneaking back into the playoff race. And they want to talk about like the Rams having a tough schedule. You realize with the Bears schedule, like Green Bay, Kansas City, Minnesota to end the season. That doesn't feel very rosy. No, no, it does not. But <laughs> even if, you know, even if they beat, uh, even if they beat Dallas tonight, guys get worn down at the end of the season. You know, some people get rested for whatever reason. Some weird injuries happen. Guys play hurt. 
You know, it's not, it's not like the solid wall that it might have been in week four if you're facing those teams. I mean, maybe not from a fantasy perspective, but I mean, the Bears are going to lose all three of those games. Well, yeah, right. Well, uh, come on, have faith. I still got my $5. <laughs> at uh, Green Bay, at Green Bay, Kansas City, Minnesota. Sounds like three wins to me. <laughs> oh, uh, by, by the way, I misspoke. Norv Turner wasn't fired. He was reassigned. And that just occurred to me. Yeah. Ron Rivera was fired. Norv Turner is, I, I think, maybe. I don't know, man. Like, his son is the new OC. So I don't know what you call his move, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Um, I want to talk some randoms. Oh, wait, okay. quickly. This, I threw Todd Gurley in the mix here because Sean McVay had said something like, uh, you know, I, I upped Todd Gurley's usage because I'm not an idiot. But Todd Gurley's usage really kind of has been weird the last three games. His snaps, like the game where he spiked his snaps at like 96%, he had the worst game. And the other two games, he's got 100-plus yard total yards, and it, his you know snaps were still kind of like 70%-ish. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, just, that's still a weird situation to me. It's not like all of a sudden Todd Gurley's being used all the time. Right, but I think that what we're seeing with Todd Gurley's usage in recent weeks is the realization that the Rams' season is flashing before their eyes. Uh, This was something I think we talked about a lot earlier in the season, that the Rams were always going to manage his workload. um, And I think that was with an eye on them being a relatively safe playoff team. Obviously, that is not the case, and they're going to have to fight their way in uh, through the wild card, most likely. it's. I mean, they're not going to really pass both Seattle and San Francisco to in the NFC West, but you're going to have to catch right now, it looks like, the Vikings, and uh, this is another team that's got a pretty tough schedule to end this season. Seattle this week at Dallas, at San Francisco over the next couple of weeks, and there's really no luxury for this team in being able to rest Todd Gurley. I think they probably thought at this point of the year they would be something, they would be one of the 10 and 2 NFC West teams. Well, they're not, and they've got to chase down a very good Vikings team just to make the playoffs. So I think that Todd Gurley usage is going to remain high. They simply don't have the luxury of, you know, resting him at this point of the season. If they rest him, they're going to be resting him until August because they won't make the playoffs. Right. Um, all right, we'll see what happens. But I mean, like, if they're, they're not re- the game where he played the most snaps, which is wor- arguably his worst game of the season. So it's just, I don't know. There's a weird correlation there that maybe that was just a fluke because they were getting killed. The one against Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was never a game, though. Yeah, but I mean, why have like you're he's still in there and he's still blocking and he's still at risk of injury, even if you're not throwing to him or running, you know, given the handoff. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But you see the way that they've used him in games that they've actually needed him or games that they've been able to uh, win. Right. Right. I mean, the game against the Bears, the game against Cardinals last week, two big performances out of Todd Gurley. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Todd Gurley. Here's I want to hit some randoms real quick uh, who might have an impact. Maybe not. But the three names I got here are Zach Zenner, Spencer Ware and Eli Manning. And I think you can make Eli a case time. for each. All right, if you want to start with Eli, let's start with Eli. Yeah. So there's a there's some rumors that Golden Tate and Evan Ingram might actually be okay for this game. I know. Rumors. I know. Which would give Eli Manning every single good player that we thought they'd have all year long. And uh, and not a bad matchup either. Going up against uh, Philly on Monday night. I think if any yeah. one of these guys, if you told me, if you told me you were back from the future three weeks from now, and one of these three uh, made a fantasy impact, I think it would be easily Eli Manning. It can't, be, it can't be Zenner. I mean, he, I, he's going to have trouble even cracking the rotation. Um, I, I understand. Really, the, the rotation is like him and another guy. But I just don't Chris think Perkins that, just talked about it. Yeah, I know, but I, I still don't think that he's going to uh, have any sort of meaningful role. I guess crack the rotation is maybe the wrong way to put it, but that's a team that's going to just live on its on its passing game. That's just going to live with Ryan Fitzpatrick slinging it to Devontae Parker and, uh, and Mike Kosicki, and you know we'll, we'll see where the chips fall. But I just don't think we're going to get a huge, meaningful contribution uh, from, from Zenner 
when he's going to, you know, Patrick Laird is there and um, uh, Miles Gaskin is there. So I just don't think, I think Zenner's just depth. Um, Spencer Ware, I understand where you're coming from, knows the system, knows Kansas City. But again, a, another situation where uh, there's too many guys in front of him where they, I mean, they need bodies, right? Zenner and Ware are bodies. Eli Manning is going to be a starting quarterback. So, uh, I mean, this yeah, match true, with Philly, true. I mean, you've been able to throw all over this team all season. And if he does have that full complement of weapons, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that turn into a high scoring game on Monday night. Yeah, but oh, man, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, what do you do with Eli Manning? Like, let's say, I mean, maybe in a super flex or two quarterback league. But like, is he over Kyle Allen? I mean, where like where is he in the in the pecking order? I know we have rankings for that, but yeah, when the well, chips are the, down, that's the problem. You know, like, yeah. That's really the problem, and you need to be someone who is streaming the quarterback position, and as much as we talk about that in uh, our world, it's not super realistic in uh, regular fantasy leagues. I mean, most people own a backup quarterback. Even if they're only playing one QB, they've got a backup, and I still think even if you have the most that sanguine of hopes for Eli Manning, you're still not really feeling him as anything better than you know QB 20 or QB 22, so uh, you're likely to have an option you feel more comfortable in. I'm just saying, I think that this could be a high-scoring game on Monday night between these two teams. Bad defenses, competent offenses, good offensive weapons on both sides of the ball. Wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about like a 31-30 game on Monday night football. Let me ask you a question, Bill. It's strategy here. If you're in the playoffs and say you're in a super flex or two-quarterback league and you don't need Eli, let's say you got three quarterbacks and you're going to start all, you know, two of them over Eli Manning and even Mm -hmm. the third one you would start. Um, At what point are you like, let me pick up Eli Manning to block someone else from picking him up. And it might be too late for that now because if someone needed him, he probably got him by now. It's Thursday. But uh, like, or, or is that a waste of a spot? To I don't know if that's strategic or spiteful, but like instead <laughs> of, you know, who are you going to basically, are you going to drop a second defense for that? Is that a smart move? Like you've got this roster, you finally tuned it. And I think Renee Miller wrote about this, like how you just blow it all up with this recency bias where you, you know, basically how stupid is it to grab Eli Manning right now just to block someone if you don't, don't need him? Yeah, I don't think that's stupid at all. Uh, we you know, we can only talk about these things in a vacuum. You know your roster. Uh, I can't tell you to drop you know, this player specifically for Eli Manning. But what I can say is that this is the time of year that you do things like that, that you don't worry so much about the depth of your roster. You block people you're playing from being able to get positions that they might need. I think tight end is a position where this could really come up uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you hold on to two defenses. Like, yeah, I can give you a, I can give you a real-world example for a team that I had. I never carried two defenses uh, throughout the season, right? I mean, it's just silly. It's a waste of a roster spot. It makes no sense. But now at this point of the season, we're loading up for, the, for right now and the very short term. So last week I had streamed uh, the Chiefs' defense against – the Raiders. It was a great move by me because I make smart moves and they had a great game in that game. This week in my league, I was able to grab Minnesota. They were a free agent. Now they're playing at home against Detroit. Now, typically, if this were a regular season thing, I would be dropping Kansas City regardless of who they were playing the following week to make that move for Minnesota. But I looked ahead and saw that Kansas City is hosting Denver in week 15. So I just cut some, you know, fodder from the bottom of my uh, roster, some, you know, running back float, Sam, got rid of that and kept the Chiefs because I'm going to want to use the Chiefs as my starting defense should I survive week 14 and move on to week 15. Those are the sorts of moves that you should be making in the fantasy football playoffs. So I wholeheartedly endorse, uh, you know, grabbing a second defense and looking ahead at their matchups and blocking your opponent from getting a position they may need, even if you know for sure I'm never starting Eli Manning. If your opponent uh, has been streaming the quarterback position all season and you think that 
the Giants have a good matchup against the Eagles will prevent him from getting Eli Manning, make him go get someone like Andy Dalton or someone like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like that could ba- it could backfire. Uh, I, I mean, what, what do you like? There's that's totally oh, you got, so you got to drop someone. The backfiring is whoever you're dropping to grab. Right, right. And that's Manning. why. That's why I say we do. We we can only talk about this in a vacuum because right, exactly. You know, you can't. This this is an abstract idea. You have to then decide: is it worth it for me to drop? I don't know, Daryl Henderson to block my guy from getting Eli Manning. It's it's, it's unknowable. And then yeah, of course it's going to look bad if Todd Gurley gets hurt this week and Daryl Henderson is the bell cow for the Rams in Week 15. But that's unknowable. We can only make. The, the the smartest decision you can make right now with the information we have on hand right now. And for me, more often than not, blocking a guy from getting someone he might start against me immediately is going to be worth it. Uh, we didn't touch on Spencer Ware at all. Just give me an over-under Spencer Ware 40.5 total yards this week. Under. Comfortably. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's just him and Darwin Thompson right now, basically, right? Uh, LeSean McCoy. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's what I say. It's depth. I mean, we got to think like we we get excited about the like. There's a reason why the Chiefs go back to Spencer Ware. There's a reason why the Eagles go back to Jay Ajayi. It's because th- these guys are going to have no onboarding period. They know the system. They know the coaching staff. They know a huge amount of the teammates. Like this is just an easy guy who can step in. I mean, but he is still just an insurance policy. He's not really going to play. This is a you know break glass in case of emergency. And Darwin Thompson gets injured. Or Lashawn McCoy gets injured. We've got a guy who we know we can throw in there. He doesn't need a, a refresher on the terminology, anything like that. He's just going to be there. But uh, that's still just a a situation where the Chiefs are hoping they're never using Spencer Ware, but they have to have a running a third running back on the roster. Right. Although I did like how he wrote "unfinished business" when he, he was at the the stadium or the hey, facility. Man, dude wants a ring. I get it, but that's a real life thing, not a fantasy thing. I don't know. Was that about the ring, or was it about? I don't know. <laughs> him getting back to where he was before uh, Kareem Hunt took his job? Maybe. I mean, that's. Uh, I'm not going to read the uh, the tea leaves on that, but uh, whatever it <laughs> is, whatever it is, the business is unfinished, and the finishing is going to be done by Patrick Mahomes and not the third running back on the roster who was signed because of multiple injuries. Fine. Uh, quick PSA for everybody. Adam Venateri has a bad knee. The Colts brought in Chase McLaughlin, so... I'm sure if you're playing this late into the season, you're paying attention to that, and you could see the little mm-hmm. red cross mark next to Vinatieri's name if you own him. Um, Let me just say, you know, season for uh, for University of Illinois football, right? They they got a couple of big wins. We're talking about a University of Illinois alum in Week 14 of the fantasy football season. What a what a great year for the Fighting Illini! I thought you went to Wisconsin. I did. I did go to Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> one of those one of those big wins was against Wisconsin, and it makes me sick to even think about. But uh, you know, we're we're a very fair group here at the Athletic. I get all right. That's very. I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> Good for Chase McLaughlin. Yeah. Beller's trying to claim you now. So there you go. No, 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 no. Not, not fantasy. That. Not fantasy. I mean the pride. Yes, definitely. Yeah. There you go, Chase. Um. <laughs> Okay, moving right along. Uh, I do want to get into uh, like two very interesting things that I put at the bottom of the rundown um, about Baker Mayfield, who didn't throw in practice on Wednesday. And I remember during the games, uh, you know, flipping through Twitter. Oh, Bella, do you, do you, are you second screen guy during the games? Uh, well, I have two TVs in my living room, so yes. Oh, all right. So are you a third screen guy? You know, do you do you read your phone basically during the games while you're watching them? Uh, yeah, yeah. What well, I, I don't do a ton of tweeting during games. I it always it boggles my mind that so many people do a ton of tweeting during games. I feel like when I've tried to do that, I'm missing what's happening in the games. Um, oh, but, I'm, but I'm checking 100%. out what's happening. Yeah. Uh, like 
Will Brinson. I, I love the guy in real life. And I sit there I'm like, how are you tweeting during these games? How are you doing this so much? Yeah. Like, what is going on? Yeah. It's a thought that doesn't even occur to me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, me either. I, like, But I read it. so Because I know, like, if, you, if you're watching Red Zone, you're missing stuff. And yeah. sometimes I actually go watch NFL Network. Their, um, their quote-unquote Red Zone during the games is really good because they recap a lot of the big plays, not just the stuff inside the, the Red Zone. Um, and they hop around. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it seems a little, it's a little more organized. But the point mm-hmm. is, flipping through Twitter... And everyone was panicking about Baker Mayfield going off the field because he hurt his hand because it hit the helmet of uh, you know someone. I forget who it was. Mm-hmm. Unimportant. Um, and seeing that he didn't throw in practice yesterday makes me kind of think like, fine, okay, he'll play, but something's going to be wrong with his hand. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? I- Something's obviously still very wrong with his hand. Are you going to the playoffs and Bla- Baker Mayfield's your quarterback? You uh, This should be a, a screamed in headlines with caps, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the second quarterback is another position that you want and uh, one that I would really never recommend having on your team during the regular season, especially the early stages of the regular season. But something that you do want at this stage of the season, whether you have Baker Mayfield or just or, or anyone. I mean, even if you have Lamar Jackson, you probably want a second quarterback there who you believe in just in case. Um, but yeah, I would be very concerned. Uh, if I were a Baker Mayfield owner or if I were invested in anyone on that Browns team. I mean, injury to your th- there is no such thing as a minor injury to your throwing hand, no matter what sport, you maybe hockey, right? But uh, if baseball, football, basketball, a minor injury to your dominant hand, that does not exist. Uh, so I will not believe that Baker Mayfield is good to go until we get a good practice report out of him. So yes, right now, if I have Baker Mayfield, if I'm planning on starting him in what on paper seems like a solid matchup at home against Cincinnati, Browns eight and a half point favorites, I am making sure I absolutely have a quarterback that I like going into this week because that is a scary one. At least the silver lining is to 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. So you're not going to have to make the decision blind. Right. You'll know. Yeah. So just go get Eli Manning. I'm telling you, man. I mean, Eli is really not a bad fallback option, especially if all those guys are back. I mean, Philadelphia I, just got carved up by Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is has that club in his bag. We know that every single week, but it's not. I yeah, mean, check out check out our last show. Yeah, right. Fitzpatrick. Check it out with uh, check out the podcast by committee from earlier this week with Chris Perkins. Uh, it, it's not like Fitzpatrick is having this dominant statistical season the way he did last year when he started half the games for Tampa Bay. He's got. 2,300 yards, but he's shy of six, uh, seven yards per attempt, 13 touchdowns against 11 interceptions. It's not like he's lighting the world on fire, and he carved up this Philly secondary last week. I mean, we've seen this Philly secondary give up a ton to basically every quarterback they've played. Uh, Eli can come right in, and if he's got all those guys available to him, I, I think he's a worthy streamer this week. I, uh, I don't disagree. I'm also kind of intrigued on the other side of it, like just going deeper arrested Eli Manning who's just been like sitting on the I don't he's never really done that outside of his his rookie year when Kurt Warner was the quarterback for the first several games on the sidelines studying maybe gaining some insight you know what I mean like this Mm -hmm. is a this is an Eli Manning armed with some kind of insight and knowledge (laughs) now that he hasn't had in many many years yeah and don't you can't tell like I mean the guy's 37 38 years old he's won two Super Bowls he obviously knows that his career is winding down, but you can't tell me that he's not fired up by this. You can't tell me that he's not like fired, like guys still have some pride and show that he can, you know, still do it. And especially like going up against a uh, a division rival, a team he's played countless times. And you know, I guess not countless, we could literally count them, but a team he's played many times in his career, uh, a team that is still fighting for a playoff berth. He gets to maybe play them twice over the uh, next four weeks. Like you can't tell me that Eli's not fired up to go into Philly and, and hand the Eagles a loss that they really can't afford. I uh Monday night, I don't know. It's an interesting I wonder where Jake has him ranked. 
Uh, you know this. Low. You said the ranking show. Yeah. Low. Very, very low. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a Jake thing. Um, uh, Eli Manning. This has become the Eli Manning show. I like it. Eli Manning show. Um, quick, just a uh, quick news note, I guess. Austin Hooper, James Conner, and carry on Johnson. Uh, Johnson can't return until week 16. They all practice yesterday. So, um, you know, just take a look at your waiver wire just in yep. case. Yep. Maybe they're, yeah. Carry on. I mean, all, Hooper and Connor aren't going to be there, but carry on might be there in some leagues because, uh, right, I mean, that was what, like week eight he went out. Uh, and you can't, yeah. keep a, you can't keep an IR guy uh, who's maybe going to return in week 16. Uh, right. I mean, two out of 12 people, two out of 10, two people, no matter how many people are in your league, two people are going to be playing in week 16. So that would have been uh, a reckless use of a roster spot if you held on to carry on Johnson when the Lions placed him on IR. Well, you got the IR. I mean, I got in my Yahoo leagues. I got that IR. Spot oh, sure. If you've got an IR spot, yeah. that's a different story. Sure, sure. But it, maybe this is more of a, a Bo, Scar- uh, Bo Scarborough thing and, uh, you know, a Benny yeah. Snell thing. Right, right. But again, you're Just, not going to worry about that till week 16. Right. But if you got Scarborough, at least make sure, like, if he's your RB1 mm. or two and you're, like, depending on him, uh-huh. could get messy. It could. That's definitely true. Yeah. But again, you, you'll be happy to have that problem if it arises in week 16. Does that mean you're yeah, exactly. Gonna you're going to make money either way. <laughs> Uh, Beller, I want to get to Ronald Jones. Um, I thought this was interesting. I, I caught, by the way, props to the fantasy football Reddit. I don't know if people listening ever go on that or Beller, I don't know if you go on that, but, um, by the way, I meant to ask you this. I didn't put it in the rundown. Do you ever name your, your fantasy teams, the Bellarinas? Have you done that? <laughs> I have not. The only, uh, the only, Come on. Uh, that's a good one. Actually, I should, I should <laughs> yeah. consider it. The only one I've ever done, like involving my name, it's a go-to name that I use, uh, is, uh, Beller's Fellers. Well, that's just that's just rhymes, right? Yeah, that does that does rhyme. You're very good at rhyming. Well, I mean, I didn't know if there was any more significance to it. No, 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 just just the rhyming factor. All right, Bellers, um, Fellers. I don't know. I kind of Bellerinas. It's a good one, man. Yeah, I, I I I'm a fan of the the puns off of like my best player if I can find one. Um, my home league, I keep the same name every single year. Um, I'm a huge fan of the band. And uh, uh, their song up on Cripple Creek, uh, you know, the, the chorus ends a drunkard's dream if I ever did see one. And uh, so that that team name is a drunkard's dream every year. Not that I'm a drunkard or anything. I just love the band. Yeah, that's that's totally it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, I forgot. Oh, so I was uh, Reddit. Are you do, you do the fantasy football Reddit at all? No, I'm not much of a Redditor at all. I hope uh, Serena Williams isn't listening. No, I'm, well, so look, I'm not a Redditor, but I read it a lot. Um, and it's like one of the greatest tools in the world, I think. Yeah. It's, it's just like tapped in. And I, I saw this on there. Um, Bruce Arians. It's a, this is from the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, Bruce Arians. This is the headline. Arians, no carries for Ronald Jones if he can't protect the quarterback. And so I read it, obviously. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a little less dramatic than that. Um, but let me just read some excerpts here. Uh, on Monday, Bruce, uh, on Monday, Bucks coach Bruce Arians made it clear the mistakes like that 13 weeks into the season will send Jones to the sideline. And that's what happened this week. Uh, Jones missed a blocker. He actually hit the guy he had used. He was hitting all game, I guess, and didn't realize they had called in something different for him to block someone else, which led to uh, Jameis Winston getting sacked, fumbling, and Jones was on the bench. And that's why Peyton Barber took off in the second half. Uh, you can't run the football if you can't protect the quarterback. It, but like there was like I didn't I didn't put this in the rundown. It's actually in the story part. But there was like a great quote from Arians. Um, so I'm just looking it up right now. Oh, here it is. That was a big play. We had the game in hand. It was something that had been switched. They were going to block something because of the blitzes. He went to block the guy he used to block. That wasn't the plan. Uh, so you hear that, and you're like, oh, crap. Like My instinct was like, oh, crap. Ronald Jones in the doghouse big time. Um, 
But then I'm like, you know what? Like when I get when I make a mistake and I feel terrible about it and I get chided for it, mm-hmm. I, I never make that mistake again. Like yeah. I'm so hardcore the other way that it's never going to happen again. So, is this good or bad for Ronald Jones? Um, I think it's good for him long term. Um, but obviously we're not too concerned with the long term. Uh, in the short term, I don't think it matters all that much because that Tampa Bay backfield is just a headache. Um, I think you can take some confidence from uh, the quotes, excuse me, in that story that uh, Bruce Arians said. Like, I mean, it does sound like he wants Ronald Jones as a big part of the offense, but I mean, this has been a yo-yo all season. Uh, right. And we've just been trying, you know, catch, running around in circles trying to catch our tail on this Tampa Bay backfield. And there's really no catching the tail. I mean, this is just a situation where it's Jones, it's Barber, it's Jones, it's Barber. And the most important thing about it is that more often than not, it hasn't really mattered from a fantasy perspective who it is because this is a team that lives through the air. We can trust Jameis, we can trust Evans, we can trust Godwin, and that is it in this Tampa Bay offense. Even if you are forced to start Barber or Jones, you're not going to feel good about it. Uh, just because this is a low-value backfield to begin with and an unpredictable one on top of that. I think maybe it's good for him in the long term. It does sound like uh, like Arians is committed to him as a guy for his team, but I don't think it really matters in the short term. I, I don't know. It just seems interesting to me. Like, everyone was so, – like, I feel like Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones last week were two guys. Like, oh, they finally got it figured out. You know, these guys are great. You know, good matchup. Like, hooray. And uh, they both let us down in horrible, horrible ways and probably cost some people a trip to the playoffs. Um, so I don't know. Like, do we just like it's not like he got hurt. It's not like Bruce Arians changed his mind again and went back to Peyton Barber for some unknown reason. Like there is a very solid reason here why he did that. Right. And if he swings back the other way, and he's like, all right, Ronald Jones, the second. Let's go, man. <laughs> like, like you're back. You're my starter. You're my guy. You're the best one we got in the backfield. Um, just don't mess up again. Yeah, but but, does that just put him right back on track? I don't think so because I mean, like, look, look at this, Nando. I mean, even if back on track, right? So you were saying back on track. Okay, well, the week before he had uh, 51 yards and a touchdown. The week before that, he had 13 yards on four carries. The week before that, he had 29 yards, got a touchdown, did have a good receiving day. Uh, So I mean, it's like even when Ronald Jones is on track. It's not like there are huge numbers coming from him. So you take those two ingredients, right? The unpredictability of the usage of these two backs and the fact that the backfield as a whole just isn't all that productive makes it a situation that I personally don't feel super comfortable trusting. Fair enough. I don't trust it, but I mean, you know, maybe we're forced into some of these situations. You might be forced into this situation. And I think Ronald Jones is like RB 35, uh, maybe this week. But, uh, so if you're forced into it, it's not like you're throwing out Zach Zenner to go back to someone who we used, uh, who we talked about earlier. Even, I was just about to bring up Zach Zenner. Yeah. Actually. Or even like even Patrick Laird or someone like that. Like, of course I feel better about Ronald Jones than those guys, but we're still talking about, uh, maybe not scraping the exact, uh, bottom of the barrel, but we're scraping along the sides that are 20% above the bottom of the barrel. Oh, it's, you know, it's people are psycho right now and not in a bad way. I'm like, I am, you know what I mean? Like I am dedicating time and ignoring family obligations to make sure that my one team in the playoffs is pristine and beautiful. Yeah, sure. Um, So like, like, you know, these are questions we kind of have to uh, turn over every rock Yes, because the one that you don't, the one that you don't is the one that's going to come back to haunt you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I Um, totally agree with you on that. Speaking of which Carolina Panthers, uh, let's end the show on this note. Okay. The Carolina Pan- Well, you know, all right, we skipped Josh Jacobs with a broken shoulder, but I don't think that's a big deal. Like he's been doing it since week <laughs> so, seven, right? It certainly hasn't been. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, no, no worries okay. there. No worries there. Yeah. Get it get it cleaned up in January. 
Um, this uh, this Norv Turner uh, son as the new offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I don't know. There was like a quote somewhere where I, I forget who said it. I, I think Perry Fuel might have said like you might see some different things in the offense from Scott Turner. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Like if your dad was the offensive coordinator, and obviously you're working under him. Um, you know, we see the Shanahan's kind of have similar philosophies. Is, do, do you expect anything different from Carolina here? Like, if you're Christian McCaffrey's owner, are you like, well, maybe Norv Turner loved this dude, and uh, Scott Turner not so much? <laughs> you know, maybe he, maybe maybe Scott I mean, Turner really sees something in Curtis Samuel that his father didn't, but I don't know if I buy it. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think anything's going to change there, and I'm actually going to lean on our guy Emery Hunt. Uh, you know, the um, he and I do a show every Tuesday called The Advanced Route, and the Ron Rivera firing happened on Tuesday, so I just dropped in a question to Emery uh, asking about that, even though it wasn't going to be something we talked about for the bulk of the show, and just asked him more in general. Like, a team fires a coach at this point of the season. Obviously, it's very late. Would you expect to see any sort of changes from the offense? And he said, maybe a wrinkle or two. But this late in the season, um, guys are you know maybe coaching for jobs in Carolina or elsewhere. Uh, it's already so late that you don't really have time to do any sort of real install. He would expect to see you know 98% of the same stuff from Carolina, if not 100% of the same stuff from Carolina. So however you've been deploying McCaffrey, Samuel, uh, DJ Moore, Greg Olson, Kyle Allen, you should feel exactly the same about them at now as you did before the Ron Rivera firing and the North Turner reassigning. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, man, that's from Emery. And Emery, I'm not going to question. Yeah, I know. Emery's, Emery's, Emery has, Emery had a column three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, where he's like, oh, you know, James Washington, uh, Jesper Horstead, and um, Jonathan Williams before that Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, yeah. Jonathan Williams goes off. And in the comments, right, right. someone's like, so going forward, he's like, Jordan Wilkins going forward. Yeah. Uh, so James Washington, meanwhile, is a stud, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesper Horstead got a touchdown on Thanksgiving. Touchdown. I mean, that's a that's a Mike Trout game right there out of Emory. That's that's it. Like he's just like, I'm just telling him like write anything. He's like, what do you want this week? I'm like, write just predict something, man. Like just go for it. I, I don't care what it is. Yeah. Go. Uh, uh, I don't know, Bell. I feel pretty good. I feel we good. We everything too. the rundown. You know, yeah. it's week fourteen. Let's put a bow on it. I got my one playoff team. You got your two. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to you too. Thank We're you. not in any leagues head to head, so I we are not be rooting for each other like this. Yeah, we are not. We are not. Good luck to everybody out there. It's Thursday. If you're listening to this, well, I don't know when you're listening to this. We're recording this Thursday morning, so the fun's about to begin. We're here to help. If you got questions, <laughs> uh, you know, drop them in the comments. Well, I mean, we quote unquote we. But if you got questions on anything, just find an article. Basically, drop them in there. Eric Moody's going nuts today. I think he's already got like 60 comments and like 30 of them are his answers to questions. So it's dedication. Yeah, like basically every article we write is an article and then a chat. So uh, jump in somewhere, ask a question. If you're not already subscribed to The Athletic, uh, we got 40% off if you use theathletic.com slash PBC. Uh, thank us later, I guess. Or thank us by subscribing, I suppose. But um, yeah, good times, Michael Peller. Always. As always, my friend. I know. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. Next week, I think we got some very interesting guests if this all works out as planned. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But uh, for now, good luck, Godspeed, and we'll see you in week 15.